Welcome to Clark County Today. I'm your host, David Medore, and we have for our guest here, John Russell. You were yes. a council member for the city of Washougal. One of the obvious questions here is, mm -hmm. is uh, we just, I just read about an uh, event that happened there on Monday. Yes. Where there's something happened in the council, and two of the council members, you being one of them, ended up walking out of, the, sure. out of that uh, council meeting. What yeah. happened? Well, what happened is we had two of our council members go on vacation. So we had a total of five council members then come to the meeting. Okay, so there's normally seven. Normally two seven. Two are gone, two so are at gone. least five. At least five. And you need, you need three for a quorum? No, you need four for need a quorum. Four for a quorum, yes. okay. And uh, we were in the, in the, going through our regular process, through the agenda. We actually went through our agenda and got down to the end after public comments where the mayor makes his comments and then the council makes their comments, and then we adjourn the mm -hmm. meeting. So there's nothing else left on the agenda. And so the mayor uh, brought up to uh, the council that he would like us to pass an ethics committee that evening um, and uh, without really any kind of formal discussion about it. So this is and not on the agenda? Not on the agenda. So he brought up something that don't, don't you need to have notice uh, in order to take an action item? Uh, the, action? Well, yeah, unless, you've, unless you move to suspend the rules. And then you're able to proceed and, and, and bring happen? forth. Did no, just, no. Okay. So uh, it's really you're kind of at that point. The mayor was wanting to do something, but he forgot to follow protocol or whatever the rules are. To, yeah, and, and I and I think that that's what it was, um, and not that there were two council members missing. Um, and so, you know, I, I really believe that um, we need to follow proper protocol in these sure. meetings. We established two months ago. We made a law, an ordinance that stated that you uh, cannot form a committee or appoint members to that committee without going through the appointments committee first and then to the council at large for a vote. So the whole council can vote on it. That's the proper procedure for appointing members to a committee. Okay. And so this so, is a relatively recent decision that the whole council made yes. that said if you're going to appoint a committee, yes. the whole council needs to be there in yes. order for that to be valid. Well, it, not that the whole council needs to be there, but if... Uh, you are wanting to appoint members to a committee. It needs to go to an appointments committee, which is made of three people. Okay. And then that committee vets the names and proposes names to the council as a whole. And okay. then the council, so there's a process. Okay. Okay, so, and then what that does, it, it keeps, uh, well, from things like this happening, where you've got maybe a night where two council members are gone, and then, you know, three decide they want to move something, and there's no recourse to stop it. So... So when we walked out of the meeting, we did so in order to delay that decision on the appointment. Okay, and, and just, so, to, just yes. to back up on that, so, mm -hmm. he, so the mayor brought up this and said, I want to be able to do this. Yes. There, there must have been some discussion there that said, well, this isn't really on the agenda or something like that? Uh, there, was, there was discussion as of the proper way to do this. Okay. The proper way to do this was to send this committee and the committee uh, nominations to the appointment committee. Okay, so one of the council members said that to the mayor, mm -hmm. and how did the mayor respond? Uh, the mayor said, uh, that's not how the law is written, and we, we, we go we're going to anyway. do this, we're going to do this anyway. Even though that was clearly the intent of why we passed what we did you know, two months ago. And there must have been some response back to that. It, my, it was my response, and my response was, we need to follow proper procedures. It protects the system. It protects the way we do business. Okay. And, the, and protects uh, the quorum. 
And, and his response back? Uh, no, we're doing it tonight. Okay. Do you guys have so, CCTV? You have uh, no. cameras there? So well, we do have a camera there. It's very far up, but it is hooked into the microphone system. Yes. Okay. So, they so can, is there a it's place? It's on YouTube, yes. Oh, it's on YouTube? Yes. Okay. So yes. that was, is that normal pr uh, practice? Yes. Where we put all every meeting on YouTube. Okay. And yes. how do people find that, YouTube? Uh, just, uh, they could just do a search on uh, City of Washougal when they go onto YouTube's website. Okay. And it'll bring up all of our meetings, I think, for the last maybe year and a half. So if we want to be able to include a link uh, yes. for, um, on this video. If it's uploaded, that, yes. If well, it's, we'll see if our video crew can do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if the if the most recent meeting is up there, okay. uh, sometimes it may take them a few days to get posted. So okay, definitely. All right. It, so it was recorded, so we can find out what the conversation was, and yeah. and were were the emotions cool, and this is all logical and rational. Yeah, it, it wasn't you know, a heated it, debate yeah, it it didn't get very heated. It was basically, you know, listen, we have a proper way of doing this, and so uh, Councilman Delavar got up and left first. And uh, then I realized just that silent, just yeah, just got up and left. And I realized that if, out, right, I, I realized if I left, it would delay the debate. Okay. So I got up and I left the building as well. And and by doing that, it basically brought the meeting to a halt, so that we could pick it up again at the next meeting. Okay. So when we get back together on Monday, we will have the ability to, you know, and, and the whole council will then be there, all seven of us. We can really discuss and talk through these issues. And I think that's going to be the important part. It, you sure. know, the whole thing on Monday night was really about procedure and process more than it was um, sure. about anything else, I think. So at that point, because the mayor he really has charge of the meeting, is that right? Yes, he's the chairman of the meeting. Correct. Okay, and if he wants to proceed and you relate that, you, that hey, this isn't following according yeah. to we understand the, the resolution we just passed, yeah. and if he still wants to proceed, uh, about the only is, is that the only recourse you have to say hey I then we got to it's stop yeah it's really it's really the only recourse but it, in the way the laws are written as the chair of the meeting you're not even supposed to enter into debate that's the way the state laws are written the RCWs you are not allowed to enter into debate uh, as the chair you are to maintain a neutral position so even within bringing this up mm. and bringing this before the council as the chair of the meeting, he was in kind of a violation, I would think, of the RCWs, in my opinion. Okay. This, on reflection, uh, some, some newspapers can make hay out of this, mm -hmm. and they, you know, this big dramatic scene unfolded where a council member stomped out of sure, a, sure. an irate or whatever. They can sure. try to yeah. turn this into a, some huge yeah. story. Yeah. That didn't happen at all, it sounds like. It, it was didn't. a rational move it, yes. to be able to get or bring order, yes. patience, and the business. It, there's no, nothing critical about the timing of this. Right. So the next council meeting, everybody can be there. You can take it up, and there's no question yes. as to whether or not you're following proper resolution or protocol or law. Right, that is correct. There was no... Uh, um, there was no um, hurt feelings, I guess you would say. It was basically, you know, guys, we just need to slow this train down. Okay. And so when we got up, we just walked out and ended the meeting. The meeting had already ended, basically. We were just in the last, you know, public comment or the... Uh, um, the comments of the okay. council. And so there, all the rest so. of the business was taken yeah, care of? Yeah, so his business was already done. Okay, all right. Was this the first time that anybody walked out in your recent memory in a council meeting like that? I think it was. Um, uh, maybe. I, I don't know. I, you know so it it's wasn't, not normal. It's not, it's, it wasn't normal, and it really wasn't, any, it wasn't anything that was planned. 
Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, we were just, we were there to go through the meeting and then when we realized we had no other recourse than to stop the meeting mm -hmm. and then resume it later okay. next week. Has there been was, any communication with the mayor since then? I, I sent him an email uh, yesterday mm -hmm. and just basically asked him some of the things that he had said in the paper about me and, and about the situation. I, I went to him and I said, uh, you know, uh, please tell me where I'm wrong in this and, and I will I'll apologize, you know, and, and back off my statements that I have made in the past about mm -hmm. the way the business is being run. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I, as of last night, I had not received a, a mm -hmm. return email. So, you know, I, I just, it's really unfortunate because I, I would really like for us to do what's best for the city, which is move past politics, yeah. just move past um, one-upsmanship and rather just focus in on how are we going to bring jobs into Washougal? Okay. How are we going to, um, you know, attract more people to come and visit there so we're a destination city and not a, just a drive-by city? Mm -hmm. You know, these are the kind of discussions we should be having, not about, you know, partisan political, you know, okay. witch hunts and so forth. So it, it's, it should really be about, you know, the people's business. And, and so I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to come together and, and come about with a, a, a solution that reviews our policies and, and then we can move on to things that are really important to the people. Which sounds very sensible. Yes. I'd like to talk with you further about Thank that uh, in a minute. All right. Thank you, sir. Welcome back to Clark County Today. Our guest is a city council member from Washougal. I got it right that time. Yes. And you, we just discussed a interesting walkout, which ended up being a reasonable thing to do yes. in order to get things back on track. Yes. Uh, I would like people to, to, to find out about just kind of how healthy are the relationships and how healthy is the business moving forward when it comes to the council member makeup. Do you often have differences in the, when you sit down and there's, try to kind of yeah, the, meeting? The, yeah, there's, a, there's a, uh, a distinct difference. There are some on the council that are kind of holdovers from the last city administration that have been on there a long time. And then there's another group that are kind of the newer members of okay. the council. So you got senior and, and junior. Kind of, yeah. Okay. Does um, that play into the interactions very much? I, I think it does in regards to worldview, uh, in regards to what Define exactly. Worldview, not everybody knows what. Yeah, that I guess means. from worldview, I guess it, uh, in the role and the function of, of government and what is the purpose of government and why are we in these positions. Okay. I think you see a distinct difference okay. from what kind of legislation is important versus what isn't okay. important. Okay, for a city, mm -hmm. you can you define what is in your view, sure. the, your worldview that defines the role, uh, the pro appropriate sure. role for this city as governed by the city council. Threefold. In such a town. Yeah, threefold. Uh, in regards to what is the um, purpose of government, which I think is what you're trying to get at for our local city. Yes. Uh, I think first and foremost is law enforcement, keeping order. Okay, um, yeah, Cam, uh, uh, Washougal has its own police department. Yes. Okay. And also, and, and, but it's also fire, it's, it's first responders, it's, it's the, that is the important function of local government. Okay, so, uh, so Washougal has its, is its own entity, mm -hmm. own police department, mm -hmm. own fire department, yes. and you don't share that with the county or with uh, the... We do share, we do share uh, it, with CAMAS in regards to if uh, they need assistance or if we need assistance, sometimes we'll go back and forth. Uh, so we do share an, AM, uh, an EMS service, an ambulance okay. service. So that's kind well. of borrowing from the adjacent town. Right. But normally when, when things are normal, mm -hmm. you are your own yes, police department. Self -sufficient, okay. Yes, we're self-sufficient, So the proper role is make sure that those yes. emergency services are covered. Emergency services are covered. Okay. Uh, the next is infrastructure. 
We need to make sure that our roads are solid, that we're, that we're forward thinking mm -hmm. in regards to how do we um, uh, make the um, infrastructure palatable for business okay. so that we have roads that are appealing and attractive to lure business into the community. So transportation? Transportation okay. is, is the other. And then also just I think the other function is to create a business climate. And we do that by withdrawing a lot of regulations on businesses and allow businesses to thrive, to be able to keep more of their money to invest in the community. Or if they see Washougal as a competitive advantage because our regulations are so slim, they'll want to move to our area and say, you know, this, this city government gets it. They understand that the purpose of government is not to, um, to stranglehold business, but rather to allow it to be as free as possible. Okay, so your view on that is that the role of the city of the city of government mm -hmm. is to make sure that it's, you are a winner when it comes to competition, because yes. you're competing for other, for businesses that are, that yeah. are deciding where should we move. You may yes. have businesses that are fleeing from yes. the financial situation in California, almost bankrupt state, right. and saying, where ought we to go? Yes. And you want to make sure that the city of Washougal presents itself as an attractive, business-friendly place. Yes, and, we, and we've done that. Uh, we, were actually, we actually cut property taxes for the first time in our city's history in the last year. Really? Yes. How did we, you do that? We just, I just brought it forward. I, I sponsored it and said, hey, this is really what we should do in this kind of climate. We voted and we re reduced it by just 1%, but it was still the first time in our history that we ever reduced the amount of uh, taxes we collected. So the, uh, I'm not aware of any other city that's no. reducing property taxes. Yes. Uh, most everybody at this point is saying, why don't, why don't we raise them because yes. we just can't meet this deficit. There, there's, they need to make sure they live within their means. They need to be able to balance the budget. I assume that the city of Washougal is not in debt. You're balancing your budget each year. Yes. Yeah, we are balancing our budget. This year we actually had to cut a lot of money. and. Uh, uh, had to, to make a lot of sacrifices and cut a lot of the fat off of the budget. And we're going to have to come back with the kind of what we're looking at with forecasting in the next year. We're going to have to come back and probably cut another, you know, million, a little less. Okay. Uh, we're, Where, so, did you cut across the board? Did you cut police, it, fire? They've got, no. Where did you, you cut? Well, basically, we, we went to police, and the police were very reasonable. And they came back at, at us with a contract and said, uh, listen, we won't take any um, increases. We'll take a 1%, and then that'll be it hmm. for the next three years. That's uh, a so, contrast to Vancouver. Vancouver, yes. we just, if I understand correctly, we just simply had uh, a significant increase mm -hmm. Uh, rather than police and fire being knowing they're in a, their essential services, yes. uh, still they they they're a sizable, taxable I mean or tax burden yes. on a city, a, a necessary one. But for them to at that point to be raising theirs a significant amount versus in this case one percent. You said they they went yeah. up, they they still didn't cut. They still went up one percent. Right on the, How, but on that's the, trage not a cut. the trajectory you, that they were heading on was at about 3 to 4% increase. Okay, and so that so was reasonable in comparison. It was, yes, it was very reasonable, okay. and, and then they take no increases for the next three years. Uh, I think it really sets the tone for future negotiations with other So they're uh, leading unions. by so example. Right, okay. Right. And so where did the cuts come from? Uh, basically, we just decided not to hire, um, and we did some lateral transfers okay. uh, within the department, um, and uh, I believe some folks don't hold me to this, but I think some folks were close to retirement 
Uh, so there were some just some things so that natural were, attrition. Yes, you're not replacing the the normal people that would be leaving right. the salary positions anyway. And the other thing we rely on heavily is uh, our police reserves, uh, people who volunteer to be police officers that are trained and and are able to they give of their time to be a police officer. That is a really interesting uh, topic. Yes. Uh, several months ago, I had the privilege of riding along with a volunteer sheriff. Mm. And that was a eye-opening experience. I didn't realize that uh, we have, I believe, 32 volunteer uh, police officers in this county that regularly volunteer for every city yes. except Vancouver. Hmm. The city of Vancouver has made it illegal for these officers to volunteer because the, the, the union or the guild, whatever they have there, hmm. said, nope, we don't want that. Hmm. That's too threatening. Hmm. And I'm thinking, you guys are able to are able to cash in on that yes. volunteer help. They don't get paid yes. anything. No, it's amazing. They donate their time, and you can't tell the difference between a volunteer and a right. and a salaried officer yeah. out there. They're both fully equipped, fully yes. trained, and they have normally a full time job somewhere. Yes, and they're spending their extra hours. I think it's a minimum of twenty hours a month. It's amazing. Yes, which is a minimum. Yes, and a lot of these guys are doing more. Yes. So I'm very grateful that, uh, or should I say thankful, that these officers have the green light yes. to volunteer, the freedom to volunteer, because yes. they care. Yeah, our police union is very reasonable, and they have been uh, a, uh, um, a real joy to work with, uh, in, especially in, in our past negotiations and some of the things that, you know, bringing the issues and concerns up of the officers to the city. So that's been a real, it's been a real pleasure. Great. When it comes to building permits, I assume they yes. go through the city yeah. for that? We actually, uh, this past year, we adopted, as a council, we adopted a uh, uh, basically a moratorium on impact fees up front. So a business can come in, commercial can come in, build, and they don't have to pay any of their impact fees really? until occupancy. You're able to take away all the impact fees. Yes. And minus, the, minus the schools. The schools wouldn't bend. I understand. So, uh, uh, minus your, and, and you're able to reduce your property taxes. Yes. And you're able to balance your budget. Yes. Live within your means with natural attrition and with reasonable cuts, and yes. still keep your a healthy police department, mm -hmm. healthy fire department, yes. and the city operating. Yes. In a way that is is encouraging businesses to come. Yes. That sounds way too reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's been the work of our uh, city staff, who have really uh, grabbed hold. I think of of uh, um, just a, a different way of doing government now. I mean, we're not in the fat days of 2005 and 2006. Times have changed. We have, and we've got to change with it. The government has to change with it. Now, all of this sounds like you're in favor of all those things that have brought this health, yes. even during this downturn of the economy, yes. to this local city. Correct. Has everybody on the city council uh, are they on board? Are they, they think like you and they're pulling for the same direction and they, you guys are pretty much unanimous on this? Well, and that's what's interesting about the council. While we have our differences, we do um, seem to be able to make a lot of ground in a couple areas. Uh, one is uh, on economic development mm -hmm. um, and also uh, in regards to law enforcement. Uh, and, we see, and we seem to be able to work on some accountability measures as well being placed within the government to protect the taxpayers. 
um, until this recent episode uh, of accountability. So uh, normally you're on the same wavelength. Normally you're uh, on a lot of issues. Yes. So um, the, this uh, worldview you're speaking of is really not something that divides the council three tours or you know. Uh, I, did, I ran a study. Uh, 2010 uh, was the first year we had this full council. Mm -hmm. We took 372 votes in that first year. Out of those 372 votes, 357 of them were basically, they were not divided votes. Great. Um, out of that. Which is healthy. Right. Out of that, 27 of those votes um, uh, were, not 27, but uh, over three-fourths of those votes, um, I'm sorry, 27 of those votes that we took were split between three-four. Okay. Okay. And uh, and so when they were split, when you even look those even further, three fourths of that number, okay, mm -hmm. um, was divided, but went the way the mayor wanted. Okay. Okay. And the others went the way uh, necessarily that I was on and, and the side we were going for. So really, we had about less than eight percent of a difference in how we voted. Which is good. Those twenty-seven. Yeah. Was there were those important issues? <sighs> I think one of the issues that probably highlights the, uh, the distinct worldview difference is that uh, the prior administration that was in there and then the current administration adopted it was to put roundabouts on Highway 14. Uh -huh. And and those of us that are in business or, or know people who are in business. Roundabouts, roundabouts on, on Highway 14. Highway, yes. I think of Highway 14 as a freeway. Yes. Yeah, a roundabout <laughs> is like a 15 mile an hour yes. in place of a stop sign. Yes. So we had a battle about that, and we split, and we killed. We ended up getting rid of the roundabouts, and and what I would like to see is, and what I'm opting for is for us to have a, a new interchange at sure. 27th Street, and uh, to be able to get our truck traffic and and a lot of our um, uh, other uh, cars and so forth, and economic development people who work in the businesses in those areas, be able to get up out of the city and onto the highway faster. Okay. Um, Highway 14, there must be a particular intersection. There, there is intersections already uh, an overpass over Highway, or over uh, 27th Street. And so the 27th Street goes under and uh, Highway 14, but it's already made. So all that we have to do is put um, a diamond interchange there uh, to be able to get cars up and out. Okay, so you want to put a diamond interchange yes. in place of an over, uh, there's, there's an overpass. You're, so the roundabouts, are, they're not on the freeway, right, they, they were talking about? Well, the roundabouts were going to be on the freeway. How can that be? It seems <laughs> it's, so it's part of, extreme. It, it, yeah, it's, you, put a, a, it's a you would not put a roundabout on, high, on I-5, right? It's part of, the, uh, part of an, an, a green agenda type thing where they're wanting to slow traffic down and, you know, kind but of Did they call that away. a traffic calming? Yeah, I think so. It's so funny how it's, they end up with terminology that makes yeah. it sound very nice and friendly and ends up saying, doing what? Yes. So, so we end up, you know, we end up getting rid of those roundabouts out of the out of the package well, that we were that, asking that, for. Uh, and wisdom prevailed there. I, yes, as I see yeah, it. but it was a three-four vote, and uh, okay. you know the, the the council members that kind of hold to the way the former administration worked really wanted those roundabouts in there. Wow, glad I asked you about that, and I'm yeah. glad that that uh, you were on the right side there. Yeah, yes. there's a majority there. Yeah. John, let's talk about the up-and-coming up city elections. Yes. And I assume that's going to be a primary in June and a general election in November? It may. depends on how many people file per seat. Okay. Uh, and so uh, we have uh, four council members who are up for this, uh, this election. Four out of the seven. The majority are up seven. for election. Yes, yes. Wow. You could, so whoever takes this could 
could change the course of the city. It, you know, it could swing one way or the other. Uh, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not, uh, I, I think people in general are just disappointed in government in general. So That seems to be and, the, the, the nationwide yeah, reason so, why I guess we have so many junior congressmen at the national level. Yes, and so I, I think that also filters down into mm -hmm. the local level and uh, on, some, on some issues. And so uh, I think people want government to live within their means, its means, and, uh, and to uh, be responsive uh, mm -hmm. to the needs of the people when they need things immediately. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm kind of seeing this election really uh, developing into um, what direction does Washuga want to go? Uh, do we want to continue on the path that was set by the former administration and kind of have been in a lot of ways brought through to this new administration or we were wanting to move into a different direction where we put the priorities on things like public safety and economic development and mm -hmm. um, and we kind of leave the the other things that are really relatively unimportant kind of leave them out out to the side right now we just we don't have a uh, a mission statement for the city and that's where I think we've got to move to. Has the city ever had a mission statement? Well, we don't have a charter. We're, -char we're not a chartered city. Okay. So we don't have a charter to kind of give us a direction on where to go. Um, we have uh, statements that have been made in the past and hung up in the chambers, but nothing that's been official as far as here's what we believe the role of government should be. And that's, that's what I would like to see. So a guiding principle. So guiding that you know yes. what kind of... Uh, the guiding principles are very important. Yes. Uh, we here at, uh, at US Digital, we, we have a guiding principle that says make life easy for customers. Yes. Focus on making them successful. Things like that. Those guiding principles, you'd be I, I think a lot of people would be surprised how often they mm -hmm. have a, a significant effect in, in translating to little decisions. Yes. Little and big decisions. Yes. So the idea of thinking through what is the role of the city council, what is the role of, of the city government, mm -hmm. to think that out could help to steer future votes yes. when, when it comes to the council deciding this resolution for or against. Yes. First things first, I, I, I believe that these positions are not about us. Okay, they That's have novel. to be, yeah. Well, they have to, they're about the people who put us here. And so when we get into these positions, I, I, you know, my favorite, or not my favorite, but the, the thing I've noticed about politicians is, uh, is that they believe that they are the most important people to exist. And it's just simply not true. Um, what is true is that these seats belong to the people. Yes. And if we can't not self-govern ourselves, even as elected officials, and say, mm -hmm. you know what, I'll let this down and let someone else pick it up, because I know that I'm fallible. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm, I, I'm, I'm human, and I'm not going to make the right calls all the time. And the longer I'm in this position, the more comfortable I get. And the more I start making mistakes and saying things that are more uh, geared towards um, uh, you know, longevity in my position as a councilman. How much, how much of a factor is that when, when for instance, well, let me ask you, mm -hmm. before you became a council member, yes. were you elected in any other office before? Uh, no, no. Okay, so this is your first venture into right. local government. Yes. Correct. And before that you were a citizen, and yeah. you're still a citizen, but now yes. you're a citizen representative. Right. And the, there must be some insight or some pressure that you feel now that you have this extra authority, this yes. extra power, right. uh, is any of that a surprise to you? What kind of what what what's it like? 
Uh, it's, it is the, um, you have to, to be careful to, to walk through this whole thing as humbly as possible and to be able to make split decisions and realize they're going to get ridiculed. That you are going, every decision you make is going to be scrutinized by either people who don't like you or people who don't understand or people who, um, you know, are, are just trying to, uh, who just don't like politicians in general. So you're never going to so, please everybody. But never. you still, what you talked about there is two ends of a, of a spectrum. Yes. In one end of the spectrum, you want to be thick-skinned and, yes. and be able to do the right thing regardless yes. of who's going to be vocally just attacking you yes. and making you look foolish or right. just whatever they can to belittle you. Right. On the other end of the spectrum, you need to have humility. Yes. That said, you know that you're vulnerable, you know that you're just human, you're at time you're going you're gonna to say the wrong thing, you're going to do the wrong thing. Yeah. How do you find the balance between those two? It's, it's difficult because, I mean, there's times whenever you take strong stands on issues and you put it out there for the public and you stand on that and then all of a sudden you know you're labeled as being a grandstander you know you're someone who's grandstanding well and yeah, define grandstanding it, what are they yeah doing? I, I don't know i you know it's, it's it, bad whatever it is it, yeah it's, they think it's, it's, it's a tribute yeah. to you the wrong motive for doing the right thing it right sounds like. right right so you know it, it's really a, a not a uh, it's a situation where it what's gratifying the most i think as a, as an elected official what i get the most joy out of is when someone comes to me and they have a problem with the government and I'm able to f help them fix it. That's what I love about this job. So you can be and, a problem solver. But I can be a problem solver. You can solver. get her done. Anything else about the job, it's okay. But that's my favorite thing when my constituents come to me and say, John, I've got this issue. What can you do? Can you help? And, and if I can help, I love that. And how often do you have conversations with Citizens, how do they reach you? You just simply they uh, usually you the they track you down on the line online, or they'll call you because uh, your name's in the paper every week. They will call you. Yes. What, what what are they? What number? They call your cell. My cell phone. It? My cell phone's readily available to really? anyone. You want to give your cell phone now? Uh, sure. Three six zero six two four four nine three four. Okay, that sounds good. That's a uh, so you don't mind give being available to the public. Yes. Okay, and your email. What's your? How do they email you? Uh, email. They can go to the city website, and uh, which is unfortunately they have not made it easy to recite because it's a lot of different words in there. Okay. So, they so, could uh, use an a, a they more. Could, yes, they could use a little a tiny more. URL. Yes, a tinier URL. Uh, but they can go through the website and they can contact any of the council members. That okay. Way. All right. Yeah. So. You uh, enjoy having conversations yes. with the people that you represent, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you're very aware that you are their representative. Yes. Do you feel pressure from other sources, from outside? For instance, we have this 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 big issue for the whole that that talks about this whole area yes. involves this whole area, uh, the CRC project, this yes. Columbia River crossing. I like to call it the light rail crossing project. Have, has that been much of a factor for your city? I think one of the things that the project in itself has not been um, part of our conversation other than the issue of CTRAN and light rail and that connection. Because we have uh, people who live in Washougal that use CTRAN, mm -hmm. okay, they will be affected by uh, this light rail project if CTRAN is going to help fund it. And if they help fund it, it's not sustainable financially, so where are they going to get that money from? They're going to get it from us because we pay into that, and they're going to go get it out of the rest of the general budget. How do you pay into C-Tran? Well, through sales tax okay. uh, is a large portion of that. 
But I think what's even more important than than necessarily the um, you know whether or not people want or don't want light rail, I think the important issue is the people who actually ride C-Tran are going to be the ones who suffer from uh, C-Tran absorbing light rail into their How's that? into their organization because. Uh, even the director, when he came to speak to us, said that it, it was not going to be financially sustainable. And so if it's not financially sustainable, where are they going to get the money from? They've got to go into the general budget with all the rest the ridership and the money that goes to help keep the buses going. So the consequence, it, once you go down the light rail route, you yes. can never back away from that. No, and it's a money if pit. You, if, uh, I, if I understand correctly, when the federal government funds light rail, they put a billion dollars or 800 and some million dollars into, into light rail, the, the enti entity that receives that money yeah. can never declare it a failure. They yes. can never discontinue it or they have to pay all that money back. Yes. And uh, you understand that yeah. to be true. It, it is. And, and, and so it has to be a success. You're, you're, right. you're shooting yourself in the foot to ever come up with returning that money, right? And I, and I want to encourage you, um, because I know your fight in regards to tolls, mm -hmm. but I want to encourage you uh, as well, David, because while city officials may say we don't have any say mm -hmm. over light rail or over tolls, they do. How? If a city says they don't want it, they're not going to get it, period. They're not going to go and force something on a city that a city doesn't want. And so if council members or if a mayor stands up and says, we don't want this done in our city, it's not going to happen. Okay. Okay. And so, you know, as much as the, a lot of politicians like to roll in the bureaucracy and you know, say, oh, you know, well, we, we have no say. We don't. It's not an issue. It is an issue because I can tell you, cite you example after example where just uttering a word against something has made it all the way up to Olympia and back. And so, so it does have an effect. So what you're talking about there is getting buy-in, yes. getting support or opposition yes. from the local people that this is supposed to serve. Yes. And in a reality, I mean, in, in reality, the, uh, those that want to promote this project, yes. it, it, they're really, they're technically telling the, the truth when they say it's not our decision, it's going to be made by the federal government, it's going to be made by the state legislature. Technically that is correct, mm -hmm. but what, what I think is really a little disingenuous is downplaying the influence right. of the local elected officials as representatives of the people mm -hmm. to say whether or not the people want this project. Yes. And that influence is watched by those that are, that are determining whether or not they're going to send yes. hundreds of millions or billions of dollars into a project. If you're trying to do that for a local, uh, when the state is already uh, trying to find funds yes. and, the, and the federal government is already essentially bankrupt, if it was yes. a business, it would be bankrupt. Yes. For them to say, well, we're going to send you that money anyway, even though you don't want it, yes. seems counterintuitive. So the representatives yeah. of the people really do have a voice. They do have a voice. And they have and, an influence. And they, work, and they work very hard to work together to be able to make things happen. And so if they're going to work together, why not work together to stop tolls, to stop light rail? And do why, something yes. that makes sense instead. And it is city business. We would like to be able to continue a, a discussion about the influence of the local representatives, mm -hmm. uh, even if it be a small city like yes. the city of Washougal, yes. and how that can impact 
a state or even a federal project. It can. Uh, we actually had a, a recent uh, uh, incident that was highlighted, um, uh, kind of in the papers a little bit, but a lot of people didn't know the full story. One of our council members was put on uh, the um, Regional Transportation Council, uh, which oversees the funding that comes into the city for transportation RTC. projects for the region. Okay. And uh, he went and sat on that board and uh, his first meeting, he voted against two projects because he did not like the state mandates that were attached to the money that we were going to be receiving. Okay. Okay. When he cast that vote, that message, whether it was through someone that was on the board, maybe even chairing the board, took it and let people up in Olympia know, I don't know. But somehow it got all the way up to Olympia and then came back into into a phone call to both our mayors saying, oh, so you don't want this money for these projects, so we'll take it and give it somewhere else. So that one vote. That one vote. Basically, yes. the influence, the significance of the local influence. Even though it passed, too. It passed. The funding <laughs> passed for that project. So the, in order to take and budget large sums of money from yes. the state or from the federal, they want to make sure that there is local buy-in that this is really something that the community is saying, yes, yes. we're fully behind this project. Yes. And, they, and it would not, in their eyes, it looks like, make sense for uh, even uh, to have some division. Yes. And that, I believe that's, that's pretty much the message that when Patty Murray came to our mm -hmm. area, she basically communicated, in my own paraphrase yes. words here, that if you want this, this uh, light rail crossing project to proceed, Make sure that everybody's for it. Yes. Well, the best way I know to do that is hey, let's have a vote. Let's 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 vote on this, and let's and let's have the the representatives that are elected, each of these cities, well, have a vote and say we're for it or we're opposed to it. I'm going to throw out the politically uh, dirty little secret uh, about uh, uh, the light rail vote. Okay. Um, if they are successful in moving that to the 2012 general election. Mm -hmm they will create a sub-district, mm -hmm. which is much smaller than the rest of CTRAN, the CTRAN district. Will that exclude Washougal? It will more than likely would probably exclude Washougal. As a matter of fact, you know, whoever draws the lines can draw them the way that they think would maybe benefit mm. uh, the light rail project. It's, and, it's really not much of a secret, except maybe a lot of people don't know about well, it. Well, they don't. They don't know the politics behind it. Mm. But, Who's the number one proponent in the entire United States for this light rail project? I, well, I, I believe Siemens being the manufacturer, the German manufacturer of it, but I, that's probably the wrong answer, right? President Obama. How many times has he told us that he wants light rail? How many times has this been a, an issue that he is supporting? Imagine if CTRAN was on the ballot with light rail in the fall of 2012 in a presidential election year when numbers are extremely high for people who turn out to vote. Imagine if that sub-district was in a district that Obama won very handedly. And imagine President Obama coming into Portland and campaigning for a C-Tran light rail issue to help create jobs. I mean, the, it, it's pretty obvious uh, if the, the stars line up. Um, politically, what would be possible? Yes, and, and, and I'm, I'm all sure, for and, creating and, yes. jobs, but I think that's a false premise that it you're is. going to be able to 
to uh, borrow billions of dollars and you're going to tear up all downtown Vancouver right. and you're going to put uh, unsustainable light rail, yeah. that's not going to create private jobs. Yes. That might create a whole lot of public jobs that the private industry has to support. Yes. So yeah, I can it, see how that would happen. In fact, I was at that CTRAN meeting mm -hmm. when uh, that was September 14, I believe it was, or September 17 of last year, 2010. And in the minutes of that meeting, anybody can go to the CTRAN website, they can go to the minutes of that, uh, that meeting and see what actually, what is called out in the minutes. Mm -hmm. In that meeting, they decided that they're going to have a vote on, the, uh, on those two issues, one of them being the light rail vote mm -hmm. uh, in November 2011. That's yes. what those minutes say, that's where it stands today, that's the official position. The county or CTN was directed to follow through on that. They haven't followed through on that. The it's not getting implemented. Yes. I assume that it, that as a city council member, if you pass a resolution that says, "Hey, city, this is what the council directs you do it," that they're supposed to execute that, right? They get that gets administered. Administration. Well, yeah, a resolution up, right? is a reflection of the will of the council. Uh, an ordinance would make it into law. Um, and uh, and resolution does have some gravity in regards to legality. Okay. Uh, so it's uh, it is definitely an issue that is going to be played out on the stage. It must be played out in the public stage because yes. if the public is left out of the process, then you have people who have a lot to gain financially by getting light rail into Clark County who are going to call the shots. Some people. People who personally can get enriched by the f money that flows into that, but or the not purchasing of property, right through the purchasing of property. Yes. yes, but just to get back to those minutes, yes. th in those minutes, not only is that vote recorded, mm -hmm. but there's also that that section that you just referred to, which is a state law yes. that says that after June 30th, 2012, mm -hmm. then the you can have a subdistrict that can cut out whoever you want to basically right. in order to have a define where it is in within your area in order to have a vote just for them and yes. exclude everybody else who's going to end up paying for this yes if it if it happens this november 2011 mm -hmm. uh, then you have to go through the whole uh, all of the ctran district i mean though right. the is district wide which is just about countywide right and that would be a more representative vote of who's going to pay for this, who's going to use this, who's going to be st stuck with the, with the, well, who's going to be stuck with having to yes. pay the tolls that are associated with this. this. The tolls are created by this light rail to start with. Well, you know how we advert all of this? How do you? We, we advert all of this by electing independent thinking people to city councils and county councils, uh, in particular county council here, to get people who are independently um, able to think on their feet and aren't buying into this groupthink uh, mentality or man-pleasing mentality where everything they do is to please or impress the other city or to impress other elected officials, but rather to impress the taxpayers. That's how we're going to see the change move. It's not going to be um, a matter of, of how necessarily how vocal we can be at city council members, uh, at city council meetings, even though that's important, and I encourage people to do that. The end result is electing independent thinking people, people who can make decisions on their own and not be swayed by um, their peers. The, which is good advice. Yes. The independent thinkers, I would think that they, 
they need to be independent, but they also need to be principle driven. Yes. Because you can be independent and be persuaded by some reward that says, hey, you want to you be promoted up, you want to become state legislator uh, representative, yes. you want to be able to be a congressperson. Tell you what, you, you, you buddy up with me, this, and I'll be, I got this political machine that's going to fund all this money to you. Yes. You got a great political future, and it's kind of like buying a, uh, a representative. Yes. And that representative is, it has this conflict. Well, I'm either going to represent the people, which are my constituents, or I've got this future that's offered to me mm -hmm. that's very lucrative that's going to ensure my future. So it's really a selflessness versus a selfishness. Yes. And that person needs to have some principles that guide them so that they can't be tempted that way. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's very much uh, an important part of it. Uh, I think one of the hardest part in recruiting candidates is when you find the independent-minded, principled person. It's hard to get them to step out of their comfort zone because most of them are productive citizens. They work hard. Uh, they, all of them are business owners. A lot of them are people who are family-oriented. And they don't have a lot of time for politics. They don't have a lot of time to run for office. And so a lot of the people you get are the antithesis of that. It's people that so, maybe are there because of this prestige or because yes. of the power or because of the influence that it buys them. Yes. It's not for a sacrifice. Because honestly, I, I look at that people like myself, we weren't involved. Oh, I'm being quacked. <laughs> <laughs> people like myself have been occupied by raising their families yes. and running their business and having relationships with all of the people in their lives. And it's, it takes the sacrifice of time to give up some of that time in order to serve the community. Yes. Now, as a council member, how many hours are you putting in a week in order to actually ref faithfully represent the city? It, it really varies. It varies uh, from week to week. I, you know, there's not a set time amount. Uh, some weeks it, it could be as little as uh, just attending meetings. Some weeks it could be as intense as, you know, 20, 30 hours. Again, this is off of $450 a month. So, so $450 a month. So you're not there for the money. <laughs> right. But you could be potentially there or anybody could be there just for be thinking, this is a stepping stone. Yeah. I've got my eye on higher office. Sure, sure. And so you could just be looking at the big bucks coming in for your campaign. And that doesn't, that's laughable to you. Because I'm glad <laughs> that's a, laughable for you because you are not motivated for that. In fact, with your well, term limit, you're, you're not going to continue yeah. with the city council. No, right. very well. If you show yourself uh, faithful. Right. Uh, at this uh, office of city council, then maybe you are a good candidate for yeah. a congressman yeah. or a state representative. You know, I tried my senator. hand at that, and uh, it didn't turn out too well for me. Well, actually, <laughs> most but, people lose yeah. in the first time. It's, and, it's, and that's why incumbents, I think, get reelected, because the, in, the incumbents have been through it a couple of times. They finally get elected. They figure out how to do it. And, and once they get elected, they have that yes. natural advantage of experience at a minimum. Yes. So don't be discouraged that you didn't oh, win I'm, first I'm time. Not, I'm not discouraged at all. Um, you know, and and it, I would almost make the comment, if you always win and you've never lost an election, there's probably something wrong with you. Um, because <laughs> when you think about it, if you're always winning elections, you're probably saying things that just people want to hear. 
Yes. And, and you're not standing up on principle. Yes. Uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln won mm -hmm. and lost so many. And, and yes. you know, it's... I was just, just going to bring him up because we just yes. read about Abraham Lincoln just a few days ago that he lost almost everything, yes. almost every time. And finally he got elected. Mm -hmm. And we're so glad, I'm so glad they got elected to yes. president yes. because he ended up being a humble man yes. who was there to serve his country and what a job he did. He yes. serves as such an example. Yes. So I, I hope that within our community, there are people that are willing to sacrifice, to give up some of their time, the precious time. It's, it's one of the most precious commodities that we have and yeah. serve for a selfless reason yes. to make our community a better place. Yes. And you have done that. And I, uh, I'm very grateful that you have because you. you've shown yourself faithful over this uh, five years and you still are, are staying too, true to your original promise of mm -hmm. term limits. Yes. You're, you're con not everybody in this area is staying true to, to their campaign promise, <laughs> uh. but integrity is one of those key elements that any faithful representative ought to have. Yes. And the best way I know to, sh to demonstrate that is see, how true are you to your campaign promises? Mm -hmm. And you have shown yourself faithful. Yeah, so. thank you. Well done, sir. Thanks.